The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. Oh, Lord. Here I am. Here I am back I have yet to again. Tell you, from I have Maine. to be honest right now. I gotta be, I'm going to be honest straight up right here at the beginning, dude. I'm a little angry that I have to talk about this movie. <laughs> Why is There's that? a little bit of anger in me with this because we're going to definitely get into it, but I was not happy. Because we picked this movie? I was not happy that I had to sit through it. Oh, my bad, yo. That's, that's a peek into the future. We'll um, we'll pull back a little. How's it going, dude? What you been up to? Are, are, well, hold on. Are you foreshadowing <laughs> like in the movie? Are you are foreshadowing. you foreshadowing every damn thing? Oh God. Uh, well, I just got back from Maine yet again. Maine. Maine. I was the main man in Maine. No chains. No sky cycles. That's uh, a Lobo reference. What did I hear? I heard Maine is referenced as down east country down east country something like that have you ever heard of this no i think i just saw that anyway because it's pretty damn north to me i think it's the more northernmost state in the union like yes, the I contiguous so. is it though or is washington hit higher uh i don't think it hits higher i think it just is higher <laughs> i mean although i think they both are parallel because i got the history on the legal weed in maine yeah but yeah they, history on it well, yeah, like the, the last year, um, apparently they went, they're like, oh, yeah, it's recreationally free and we're not going to regulate it. And then every single vacant storefront became a weed store. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, down east is so, yeah, Maine is called the down east country. And it's also one of their biggest magazines, down east magazine. And the explains the origin of the term was when ships sailed from Boston to ports in Maine, which were the to the east of boston the wind was at their backs so they were sailing downwind hence the term down east sure bingo so how was it down east uh well i flew north twice and then when i came home i flew south twice uh that was on one trip one round trip uh but this was my second trip to maine and i mean it went as well as can be expected uh you know crossed off another project off my list while having 17 more pile up because I was gone for three days, you know? Oh yeah. The rat I race. Yeah. I took, I took Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off of last week. So I'm not looking forward to going in tomorrow. I, so the first time I went was for a whole week and the week before that I was off. Cause that was the second week that my daughter was here. And so basically I had two weeks of emails to catch up on. By the way, still not caught up on those emails. I still have, this will make it uh, mute your radio for the next 
radio mute your mute your audio <laughs> player of choice for the next seven you turn the dial down on your radio yeah. yeah turn your dial down to zero uh but if you're curious turn it back up uh i have still of the 750 unread emails i now have 350 that are unread oh god dude that's the worst is the emails. most most are automated but he had a good point the other day when i was telling her just lamenting of my email woes uh, and by the way turn it back down again. If you don't want to hear these high numbers, I have about 1100 emails in my inbox that are read. Just I, I file everything. I don't delete them. I'm not, I'm really? one of those psychos. What the heck I, kind of servers do you guys have where you don't run out of space? I have a special quota by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> we use O365 now, so it's oh, all okay. cloud, but yeah, I absolutely. have, I stopped archiving yearly for uh, probably about seven or eight years ago. But that means that I actually, it was about six years ago and I have, I've been there 14 years now by now. So I have, good Lord. Yeah. I have 20 gigs of emails backed up just on just from 2000, mid 2008 to the end of what I say, 2014. And is there a need? Like, is there a need to go back to something from 2008 and be like, Oh, this was the, the email where this was sent. And I said this and three times, really two of them saved my job. Wow. One of them was for fun reference because it was our old CEO writing the nastiest email I've ever seen. The most scathing email to a vendor uh, of a customer. And it just made me laugh. When how, I, did you get, uh, when how did you get a copy of that? Everybody how, was copied on it. Oh. <laughs> and it was in, that was intentional. I was going to say, okay, interesting. Oh God. Yeah, dude, I'm not a fan of the emails and I'm not looking forward to going back tomorrow because I know I'm going to have a lot to go through. That's I, just I, a general statement or because of the emails? Um, the emails, but I also have to deal with some nonsense. We're trying to hire somebody. And oh, good luck. That's I what's hard to, to do. I went to hire them at a certain rate and then HR was like, yeah, we can't approve that rate at this position. And we're like, no, this is what we want to pay her. And it's just becoming this issue. And now it's gotten to the point where she's changing her mind now. And I'm like, Oh God, stupid human resources just cost me an employee dude, a good employee too. Like she's awesome. So a good human resources person and, and recruiter in my experience will have already figured all that out in advance. Yeah, she was. Well, and, she's already part of us. So she's in a, she worked at a, one of the uh, clinics and she was uh, mm. going to apply to our position. So it, we were just bringing her over at the rate she was at, which is a little bit higher than the rate we start at. However, she's got the experience. So there's no training involved. I don't have to train her in our systems or any of that stuff. Yeah, it's get up and go. You don't have any lost, wasted time. And she's, um, she's the head of her office where she's at now. And like she earned that quick. She's a very hard worker, mm -hmm. very dependable. So obviously I'm like, yes, we're, we're going to pay you the same as, as that, you know, and get you out of the offices. And so she was all for it until this started happening. And then, yeah, I made mm -hmm. the mistake on like Wednesday, Thursday afternoon, just like peeking in on emails. And I saw this long email from mm -hmm. her and I was just like, nope, not going to deal with it right now. No. Nope. Yeah. At, at that point, then you're, then you're, you're in and you're like, all right, well, this is going to be a fun afternoon. Yeah, well, it's not going to be fun tomorrow. We'll see. There's also casualties with this podcast, dude. Jesus Christ. Why? What happened now? Like I said, this movie. Oh, casualties of time. A little, a little, uh, a little annoyed. <laughs> Is this casualty of time or casualty of sanity yes. or casualty yes. of. And I thought I knew how to write a good script, but then this one yes. came along and it just changed my whole thought process on writing. All of it.
All of it. Ah. Dude, let's jump into this. We're talking about Face Off. I've been uh, chasing this guy ever since I joined the force. He, he has no conscience and he, uh, he shows no, no remorse. He's the mastermind behind numerous bombings and political assassinations. He uh, has a felony list a mile long, murder, arson, kidnapping, terrorism, you name it. He's the most dangerous and brilliant criminal mind I've ever known. I, for years, I've, I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every every mannerism, facial tick, gesture. I know him better than he knows himself. And now, after all this time, I finally figured out a way to trap him. I will become him. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? Try terrorism for hire. We'll blow some stuff up. It's more fun. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. Look, right from the beginning, I'm, I, I think I said it last time that I don't remember seeing this. I may have seen it once back in the day, but I didn't remember it much. You know what I mean? And when you're younger watching a movie, it's definitely different than when you're older watching a movie. And when you're older, oh, you mean like the never ending story effect analyzing the film, right? And uh, yeah, dude, let's get into this right away. So here we go. This is the plot. Google says, um, Faceoff is obsessed with bringing terrorist caster Troy to justice. FBI agent Sean Archer tracks down Troy, who's boarded a plane in Los Angeles. After the plane crashes and Troy is severely injured, possibly dead, Archer undergoes surgery to remove his face and replace it with Troy's. As Archer I have a problem with this synopsis already. It is Archer. Yeah, it, it, it's missing so many broad, de- it, like even like the, the overarching details, it's missing a lot of those. Oh, yeah. As Archer tries to use this disguise to elicit information about a bomb from Troy's brother, Troy awakens from a coma and forces the doctor who performed the surgery to give him Archer's face. And we'll talk about that ensue. scene in a minute. We'll talk about that scene in a minute, in a few minutes. So that's it. That's that's the plot. That's the plot per Google. That's definitely a lot more going on than than what the plot alludes to. There's a little mention of this bomb, but that's basically one of the biggest pieces of this movie. Right? It's the impetus of the whole thing. Like, My God. Jeez. Is, we're going to get into this, dude. Let's let's go. All right. Uh, first of all, the movie is better written than that synopsis. <laughs> I uh, don't know. Are you ready to be irritated and annoyed this early? <laughs> so do you, do you want to venture to guess what Rotten Tomatoes gave this? Oh, my God, bro. If this is 92%, just, just, I'm going to flip out. 
It, it is 92%. Actually. <laughs> I just saw it. <laughs> that is insane. Who in that? What? Okay. Well, Let's talk I, about I think this. I think I have a theory why. You have Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You have John Travolta. Yeah. You have John Woo. John yeah. Woo's doves. This is John Woo when John Woo was still John Woo. But this is, dude, this is John. You Wu, still had which, the woo woo going on. But John Woo, like, as I was watching this, I was legit thinking to myself, wait, isn't John Woo a good director? Uh, I mean, it's, it's like saying, um, the uh, what's the name? James Wan is like, isn't James Wan a good director? <laughs> uh, dude, OK, so right away, it starts off weird for me. It's this like like musical montage slowed down uh, of Travolta and his son on a merry-go-round. You know what it is? It is the Punisher origin story. Oh God. Yeah. Right. With the Pinocchio theme from Avengers age of Ultron over top of it is really what crap dude. Like how, like, isn't that accurate? Like it's this weird wacky version of I love my son. And some people would say, are you sure that's your son? And you probably love him too much. Uh, dude, he's on this thing with his son and he's loving on his son. Uh, well, and- let's 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 get that a little bit more uh, clarity here. He is enjoying <laughs> the merry-go-round, by the way, while touching the, his son in face. the face, uh, hugging him, which I do that to my, you know, I do well, I don't touch her face. I don't I give her space, by the you way, you got to touch her face. You got to kiss her. You got to pull her in and hug her like that is there was a lot happening there. There was a lot going on. Yes. And by the way, let's take a second to talk about this in the middle of nothing else. Merry go round. What Carney rolled up and just dropped this in the middle of a park or in it's the middle a thing, of the forest. Apparently. Did you see anybody else on that merry go round? Um, no. I think I've made my point. So we have Nicholas Cage off to the side with uh, a glorious porn stash. Ready, uh, a big gulp with a red line straw, and of course, you know that was his thing. He's like, No, I feel like I feel like right before he takes a shot, my guy would sip out of a big gulp. And they couldn't even frame the eye on the scope properly, like it was like the bottom half of his eye or the top half with the eyebrow. He take he he aims right, and so here's his thing he's aiming the gun at Travolta's head while we see Travolta in profile. So he could have taken the shot right then and there. Just take it, right? And he waited till the merry-go-round was, kept pulling around, and then all we had was his back. He waited till it was too late is really what it comes down to. Fucking idiot. So he kills this. He kills. He, he shoots Travolta through the back, and it ends up killing the sun, shooting the sun and killing the sun. Mm-hmm. And we have this very dramatic scene of Travolta crawling to his son, and then just kind of losing it and fading and black. Is he supposed to have nerve damage in that hand? Which, by the way, that hand he's posting on to crawl. What a what an interesting choice. I don't know, dude. Because <laughs> that never comes back up again. No, doesn't. So this happens, right? Then we flash forward. Opening like scene. Six years. Six years we flash forward. By the way, real quick. That is the first sentence on the Wikipedia plot point. The first sentence is what we just talked about for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So six years later, um, basically Troy Caster, who is Nicholas Cage, Caster Troy, 
Caster Troy. You forgot the comma brother, the other way. His brother, his brother, what is his name? Pollux. 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 Troy. Pollux. His name was Pollux. <laughs> Jackson Pollux Troy. Pollux um, on his ass, Troy. They're building a bomb. They're setting up a bomb at the at the Civic Center, was it? Uh, LA the, Convention Center. Convention Civic Center. Center. Where, yeah. Where there's a like a like a teen choir singing like okay so yes right away again i love nicholas cage i really do i love that right he away does you get nicholas cage yeah i love that he does these things i really do but i just feel like the way it's written for this to go down it just doesn't make sense they go they set these bombs and then he comes out wearing this like priest's robes right like these robes for that a priest would wear and there's this choir singing and he goes in there and just starts like who is this woman that he was like rubbing on and like talking to, and then just starts singing along with them. Well, let's, let's, let's back up a second because he's conducting a symphony while he's arming this bomb. And we are regaled, I guess, with ASCII porn. Weird. Weird shit. Text-based porn. A-S-C-I-I, if you know what that is. Um, Okay. And then he goes downstairs and to what you just said, yeah. just starts. No one notices slash cares that. He yeah. Is nobody looks over at all. It's he's like he's checking a ghost. the ham. He's checking the hams down this woman's pants and nobody cares to quote the ladies, man. And <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. That's the weird choice. Like, okay. And then, and then what? Right. Um, meanwhile, we have uh, John Travolta. We see that he's kind of a ornery guy in the office. He comes into the office and people are like, you know, talking to him and he's just all rough and he's like no we're gonna go stop this guy we're gonna get i'm gonna get him i'm finally gonna get him right all business they're going in uh troy and his brother or caster and his brother are taking off and they decide they're gonna hire this plane and they're gonna fly away they're gonna set the bomb and here's the thing they don't go and set the bomb the day of or maybe the night before that these supreme court justices are going to be visiting they decide to set it days and days and days ahead of time and put it on this, like the longest timer I've ever seen on a bomb in my life. Uh, it is what happens just like 30 seconds. And then you go like, Oh great. This is fucked. It, it is just under 11 days. Who writes that? Uh, I believe their names I, are <laughs> Michael Collery and Mark Werb. Mike I'm, Werb. Uh, I'm assuming it's because they need the time to have all this other stuff go down between these two. Right. Yeah. They back Again, into it. Again, it could just be a plan, right? A plan to do this and get it ready. And then the day of they're, they're setting bombs, but whatever, we're going to, we're just going to look past that. Like a lot of other things in this movie. I, I think part of it talk speaks to the arrogance of the brothers in that they can create a bomb, a bomb casing and a, a fail switch that unless you know the specific five digit code and mm-hmm. specific sequence, you can't can't undo the bomb so they're just no arrogant about it maybe yeah just a theory now before the cops decide to close in at this airfield and and get the troy brothers i want to go back real quick before he goes to work we get a little scene of of um sean at home right we see his interaction with his wife you can tell there's a little bit of strain there a little bit of kind of distance and coldness you also see his daughter who's kind of like this she's in her rebellious stage she's you know, trying to dress all goth or trying to dress weird and just trying to be what the funny thing is, is all these, all the kids, when we were that age, like they all wanted to dress the same so that they'd be different. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> you know right? what I mean? Um, 
but so we get a little bit of the home dynamic, right? So obviously the death of that boy still weighs on this family. Mm -hmm. Um, now, now he knows that the Troys are in his crosshairs caster, the, you know, the guy that killed his son is there. He's going to get him. And so we have probably one of the longest, um, airstrip chases that we've had in a long time. When was the last time we had one this long heat heat? That was the first thing that I thought of was, geez, um, I don't know what's longer. The, 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 the running uh, in heat or the, uh, the, the, um, the downtown LA gun shootout. Oh man. And so that's what we have here. We have all of these police vehicles chasing an airplane, um, an airplane on which one of the, the flight attendants is an FBI agent. Um, Caster, you know, gets the hand up on her and, ends up shooting her and throwing her out of the plane and Travolta's pissed. He's like, how could he do that? And like, he's, he's just going all balls to the wall. He wants to take this guy out regardless. And you know, this happens, that happens. The plane ends up, you know, crashing into a hangar. The cops come in and then it's this huge shootout. So we get probably a good 10 minutes of John Woo style shootouts. Mm -hmm. And when I say that it's not just shooting and ducking behind cover. It's like, for no reason whatsoever, pirouettes and then shooting or somersaults and then shooting a lot of wire food moonwalks, some moonwalking happening. And then they shoot like what is with like throughout this entire movie, whenever there's gunfights, I'm like, why? What was the point to that? There's a scene where like Nicolas Cage does a legit spin just to shoot again for zero reason whatsoever. Okay. What is happening talk, with this movie? I, I, I want There's a lot of like you said, a lot of pirouettes, a lot of ballet. <laughs> Uh, a lot of, a lot of spinnies, whatever, a lot of, uh, theatrics. A lot of sparks, whole lot of sparks. I think the spark budget for this was more than any episode of power Rangers ever. I... <laughs> uh, so I noticed a few things also, there's a lot of guns being tossed, caught perfectly. And then an immediate fire mm -hmm. shoot. Uh, I believe it was caster that caught a shotgun. He shot this dude. FBI agent number seven. Yeah. Did you? And then he flew, flew back. <laughs> did you see? Okay. Did you watch this on Amazon? He went like 50 yards, bro. Yes. Did, but did you watch this on Amazon? Yeah. That scene, that guy, when he flies back, I clearly plain as day saw the wires attached to him. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to go back and look at it now. It I'm just going to fast forward just to see that. I'll see if I can't scare it off while we're talking. That's amazing, man. Oh, uh, God. was it though? So, so we get this huge gunfight, right? All the way down to the, to where we finally have, um, Caster and Sean face to face gun to gun and, um, forehead to forehead. But here's the thing, right? They do this thing where they're pointing the guns at each other. And the weird thing is, is they actually take the moment to adjust their arms mm -hmm. around each other. They're, they're fighting for control. Are it's you like, kidding right. me right now? You seriously have a gun in your face and you're worried about readjusting so that you're pointing better. <laughs> Theatrics, man. Well, at least they like, I mean, they didn't take their hands off of the guns. So that's, I guess, <gasps> or their Caster eyes off each other. Yeah. Caster basically teases the fact that there's a bomb out there and, and no matter what he can do, whatever he wants, uh, you know, Travolta can do everything, anything he wants to him, but he's going to win anyway. All these people mm -hmm. are going to die. And, um, and so in this, this hangar that they're, they're fighting in, it's also one of these, these test things where, where they test the engines, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, all of a sudden test repairs, uh, stuff like that. The, yeah. One of the engines goes off and blows 
casts her down this huge hallway and he smacks against this this uh grating great uh, system and then he just passes out we're assuming he's dead but we find out he's not we're we're led to believe that he's dead yeah by the um, way this is the 15 minute mark of the movie oh jesus christ this is insane time stamp, insane yeah. yeah i'm just giving you timestamps. this movie is two hours 18 minutes and you feel every minute of it you certainly do so travolta you know they they he everybody he gets back to the office everyone's uh, you know applauding he finally got him um cia sends them a bottle of bubbly and he's just like screw you guys um he talks to his boss and he's like listen this isn't over he goes something's going on they're, they they're supposed to be some sort of bomb and his boss is like you're an idiot you got him there's nothing else to worry about well keep in mind too this is this is a setup of a character um characteristic of Sean Archer he is selfless uh He's also obsessed with getting Castor Troy because, you know, you mentioned that he killed his son six years prior. Uh, he's also like what the deputy director of the FBI or something, which yeah. we find out later, but he's very selfless and he's very team oriented. So he does, he does get pissy and says, well, what about, you know, uh, in, in two, two different chunks, he names off people that Who died, died or were, yeah. were injured. Uh, and I'm wondering if that second chunk wasn't because he forgot those names and just made them up <laughs> it was awesome um so they're like listen you know the only way we're gonna he, he's talking to some of his the people he works with and he's like listen this there's a bomb and we got to get it we got to get it from his brother his brother knows right and one of the ladies that he works with is like well you know the only person he'll really talk to is his brother caster and um surprise sean he's not really dead and Sean's like, what the fuck you mean? So he take, they take him to this underground bunker where it, it's totally like from Stranger Things, where it's like all of this weird kind of like medical things happening. And there he is. There, there lays Caster. He's in a coma. And this lady, okay, and this is where I'm just like, okay, this movie just totally like they just throw right they just jump right into it and like there's no build-up. There's none of this, like, this is what we can do. We have ideas. It's just literally. Well, medical science is amazing anymore. And what we plan on doing is we're thinking, why don't we just take his face off and put it on yours? And then mm -hmm. like you go into prison pretending to be him. And he's just like, tell me, how does this work? <laughs> well, and they watch the, they show him 3D printing with lasers, not even Which is interesting, right? Like, like, think about that it's, now. It's sci-fi stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, I we have 3D printing now. I think that's what the cool thing is, right? Like we, we were yeah. looking at something like that back then. Mm -hmm. And now we actually see that as a reality, not with lasers, but still, you know, um, but yeah, they're watching, he's watching this guy get an ear made up and put on. And he says, you know what, let's do this. I'm going to do it. Well, he has to go talk to his wife and tell her, Hey, sorry, I'm one not, more. I got one. Uh, more. I know I said one more last time, but by the way, one more means one more. It's like tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. When, when are we doing it tomorrow? So he decides to go through with this thing, right? And they literally cut off the face of, of Nick Cage and cut off the face of Travolta. And they put Travolta's face in this like water tank to kind of preserve it. And then they put Travolta's face on his. And because uh, the advances in medical technology, what normally would take weeks to heal is only going to take an hour. Mm -hmm. oh, really they can get rid of scars like and everything else. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. But he says, oh, really? He goes, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to change your face. 
We're also going to change some of the hair like on your chest. We're going to change. We're going to change this little thing. We're, we're going to remove some of your love handles. We're going to do some things to make you look just like him physically. But even more so, we're going to take this space age polymer that's shaped to your bone structure. By the way, how do you get that without Taking touching someone's face? face? Yeah. Uh, maybe he knew it from memory because he touches faces yeah. nonstop. Uh, we're going to take this space age polymer that looks like Penny Hardaway's thing that he wore on his face when he got his nose broke <laughs> yeah, or that. Horace Grant or anybody in basketball. And we're going to take that on the inside. We have it shaped to your bone structure on the outside. We have it shaped to Castor Troy's bone structure so that his face sits properly. And by the way, the skin won't be attached, but when you move your mouth and, and everything else, it'll move like normal. It won't be attached. It, Is that what they said? Well, no, but you know, when you oh. put something in between the membrane that's under your face and then the skin that's on your face, weird, it, it's not, it, it won't droop by the way. It won't look like leather face at all. Weird. Perfect. And it'll, it'll move like perfect. normal and it'll itch just like, yeah. and it won't necrotize or, or anything else. It'll just behave like normal and you won't have this bump out called a face. Also, okay. we're going to put a chip in your throat that makes you sound like him too. Which I did appreciate how the way they played with that later in the movie. Yeah. But why not just put like one of those butterfly band-aids on his neck, like in uh, Mission Impossible? Yeah. <laughs> then what is the other thing? We're also going to give you a haircut because he's got he's got the the haircut oh, of what's his name from the usual suspects. They're going to give him a haircut with his face not attached yet. Right. Because, you know, it's great sanitary when loose skin and hair might fall in there. God. I mean, it's not like that episode, the junior mints episode of Seinfeld, where it saves someone's <laughs> life. Dude, I'm telling you right now, this is just so much crazy shit here. I mean, so I've gotten the hair. I put a contact in one time with hair with like an eyelash on it. Oh. And holy fuck, man, it takes <laughs> forever to just want to reopen your eye. And oh, put geez. it back and take it out. So, yeah. So he gets this done and they end up bringing him to, well, the first time he sees himself, they do this, this moment of where he unwraps his face and there's Nick Cage. Isn't allowed to tell his wife. Right. No one's allowed to know. No one at the work only people except... that can know are the doctor and his two like workers that are with him there. That's it. Uh -huh. No one else is going to know. Nobody. Yeah. Because that's Makes... a, a smart way to do it. Right. Uh, isn't that how informants work? I mean, we've all seen The Departed. <laughs> um. He kind of has this little meltdown at first when he sees that his face was is is really now his his sworn enemies, but then he gets over it pretty quick, and they send they bring him to the prison where you know the brothers at. So he's in the prison now, and we get a scene where he's there, and everybody's kind of looking. Oh, first he's there, and they're telling him, "You need to wear everybody in this prison wears these special metallic boots, basically rocket boots without the rocket thrusters in them." And the reasoning for that is because the entire floor, the entire ground at this prison system is a gridded um, uh, big magnets. magnets. Yeah. And the reasoning for that is that if you step out of line, the, the, you know, the people in the prison can turn the magnets on and you can't move. You're stuck to where you are. Mm -hmm. Why was that important to anything? It really wasn't. Uh, it, it, it didn't hold a, it wasn't important. It was to, I, I think I'm going to try to apply logic here. Uh, what I think it was doing was illustrating that this supermax prison is just that it's a supermax prison. The guy said at the beginning that um, no one knows Geneva you're convention. There. Yeah. No one knows you're here. No one knows we exist. This is the Geneva convention doesn't exist here. Right. You know, basically we uh, basically that guy is Cartman. He does what he wants. Yeah. And nobody tells him what to do. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the warden at um, in Shawshank basically. 
while they're there, uh, he finally gets to to his brother to, to you know Castro's brother. He's starting to talk to him, but you could tell Castro's brother's looking at him a little bit side eyed, like he's like something's up here. This doesn't seem like my brother, right? He ends up getting in a fight with another inmate because apparently Cat, the real Castro, had slept with this inmate's mom and girlfriend, wife and sister. Oh, wife and sister was it? Yeah, and it's Castor. Not Castro. He's not oh. a he's not a Cuban dictator. Well, I'm just going to call him Castro anyway. Uh, <laughs> the big C. Um, so they're they're fighting, right? They, they 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 get this huge fight that happens, and they get separated, which I, is a standard trope of any entering prisoner in a movie where a prison yep is a scene always. Castro ends up being able. Well, we it's Sean, but in Castor's face, right? He Sean ends up being able to talk to Castor's brother, where Castor says, "Yes, there is a bomb." You know, he does acknowledge the fact that it's there, and he even says where it's where it is. Like he says it, and um, Travolta's like, "Thanks, you helped a lot." And then he's just thinking, "All right, I'm out of here now. Let me just do my thing." Except just tell anybody that doesn't know who I really am, yeah. and they'll just straight up believe me. Except, who gives a shit? Back at the uh, Stranger Things lab. Caster wakes up in real life. He literally just sits up like fucking the undertaker after taking like 10 pile drivers. Just sits not, right not up. Five F fives though. <laughs> no, you can't do that, dude. Never come back from that. No. So yeah, dude. So he gets up and he's pissed. He realizes his face is fucked. And then he looks over and sees Travolta's face floating in that water. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make them put it on me. Did you appreciate the, inability for him to speak clearly without having i did though i did like that that was done well and the framing device of it's just a shadow we're not going to show like in jaws we're not going to show the big thing until you know uh, until he's sitting there watching the procedure that was recorded but yet it's super top secret yeah right and well, then, you know, for yeah. for customer service rep, uh, yeah, <laughs> purposes. Yeah, yeah we, we record all all interactions and uh, and phone calls for of, training of, for training purposes. Yeah, but you know, then then the a car rolls up with the doctor and the guy that's got a big old fish hook scar. Yep. Uh, clearly, that guy is a bad guy in everything he does. <laughs> maybe not life because he gets paid to be one, but I'm just saying, yeah. maybe he's, he's typecast quite possibly. Uh, but I did appreciate how right before he gets the surgery done, you see him in his best ketchup, in his best sting yeah. Wolfpack sing face. Yeah, yeah. T- and tomato dude, face we, sting there. We see it as a reflection, too, because there's this moment where he walks up and says something and you see the reflection. And it's all it's pretty dope looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so now. Do you think we, that was a Nicolas Cage choice? Probably, mm-hmm. probably. Nicholas Kate. Now we're back at in prison and uh, Sean's in there. You know, I got to get out of here. I got to, I got to figure out what I'm going to do and finally get this, this information to the people that need to know it. No prisoner and, has ever said that. And they said to him, they said, Hey, listen, uh, you have a visitor. And he's like, all right. So they a take visitor him, at a place that doesn't exist. Think about that. They take him to this room and he's, uh, he's locked to the ground with his magnet boots and uh, the door opens, and sure enough, here comes Caster as Sean. So we're just going to call them Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. and um, what's his John, name? John Travolta. John Travolta. Jesus I, I, I think so for, for simplistic purposes, we have John Travolta doing his 
doing his best Nicolas Cage impression, which wasn't bad. Got to tell you, wasn't bad. He, mm-hmm. he had some nuances there where I was like, wow, that's really good cage, you know? Yeah. And Nicolas Cage doing his best downtrodden. Maybe not John Travolta. <laughs> this was the John most Travolta's like character laid back his character. Like this is like the they literally told Nicolas Cage, we know how you like to what you do. That's not what this is. You mm-hmm. need to be as boring as possible. <laughs> you just need to be sad face Nicolas Cage. The entire not, movie. Yeah. Now, every once in a while, though, it's like, all right, you can do yourself, but be campy about it. And he's like, isn't that my thing? And they're like, oh, bump it up to 11, though. He's like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, he does that face, dude. Um, here's the thing. When you look at Wikipedia, man, they when moving forward, once they meet each other, then they're referred to as Archer as Troy and Troy as Archer back and forth throughout the entire thing. That's got to be sense. rough to say. Um, he shows up. He's like, hey, look at me. I saw what you can do. Now I can do the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's pissed. Now, now, you know, Travolta's he's- character as Nicolas Cage is flipping out. He's like, no, 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 no. You can't have. You can't have my life. And he's like, hey, hey, this guy is a, you know, he's a fake. And they come in and they just take him out. And now he's screwed. He's like, oh, shit. But Archer, Troy as Archer, um, makes sure to let him know. Can't wait to see your wife later, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which this is where it gets a little creepy now. He was incredibly Nicolas Cage. He's like, see anything you like with his with his wedding band and everything. Yeah. Which tells him a few things that Tito guy got. And that he wasn't lying about, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And he also lets him know, basically, you know, your, your whole team, the doctor, they're, they're not around anymore. I yeah. So everybody that can undo this, you're out of luck. Conveniently though, that's not the case at the end of the movie. No, no. Um, the next thing we find out, Oh, we get, we get the scene where, you know, Travolta's character, the, the face off version of Travolta is going home to the wife. Right. Um, and, I'm just going to call him Caster. So Caster goes to the wife, uh, to home to the wife, and there's a little bit of stuff between them, and he's going through pictures and journals and kind of getting a feel for for uh, Archer's life. He's doing his and, homework. And he also uh, comes across the daughter, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be so creepy. <laughs> and it, it is, was. I mean, he's got the mustache at the beginning. It's like, yeah. is this guy, is this character a pedophile? I don't know. Maybe, right? Like, he seems like it. He, uh, yeah, because that girl in the in the choir was pretty young. Seemed like it. He's he, uh, he talks to her for a little bit, and then um, they they end up having this conversation where he gives her a knife. Right? No, no, no. That's not till later. That's he, later. He, no. that later. he basically uh, says, "I'm not going to be as boring as I once was because yeah, he's assertive. Yeah, you know, he's assertive and he does and says what he wants, and he's going to start smoking in the house and letting the kids do whatever they want. And- exactly." And so, meanwhile, in prison, he's doing, you know, uh, Archer's doing everything he can to get people to believe him. No one's believing him. And then he realizes, hey, what the hell's going on? Why is Pollock leaving? Like, he's leaving. What's going on? And they tell him, they're like, yeah, um, the Archer in the real world, like the, the cop Archer that's free, mm-hmm. just cut a deal with him. And so he's coming out to talk. And, and Archer in prison's like, oh, shit, this is not good. He's like, no, 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 I'm Archer. I'm Archer. And nobody believes him still. Back at the FBI offices, Pollux is there. Archer, uh, Caster as Archer is, you know, talking to him, says, you're going to tell me where this is all at, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to save the day. Basically, we're going to look good. We're going to, we're going to earn 
the the love and admiration of the entire city uh, when we go in and and stop the bomb ourselves. And that's what the plan is, right? They get the bomb squad out there. The bomb squad's trying to take this thing apart. They can't figure it out. And um, Archer's just like, all right, guys, go on and go home. I'll take care of it. And they're like, are you fucking kidding? It's only like a minute left. He's like, yeah, it's okay. I got this. And because he is who he is, he knows the password. And and at first, did he forget it when he, he typed it in at first? Because at first, it didn't stop yet. Uh, I don't know if it was a double trigger or um, uh, listen to me talking like I know what I'm talking about. You know, you put it in the proper code once and you're like, fuck, why isn't it working? But he got and, it to stop. Yeah. Two seconds left. And now he is this, this hero, right? Mm-hmm. News agencies and 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 um, time Archer, of the year. Yeah, Archer <laughs> in prison watches this, this on this huge like because apparently they're allowed to have this giant screen TV thing, this whole monitor of TVs that shows them animal planet all day. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Planet earth nonstop. Yeah. Um, so they're showing the news and they're showing that, you know, Archer saved the day and like, he's the city's darling and everyone loves him. The president's calling him. Um, meanwhile, Archer in prison's like, this is bullshit. I got to get out of prison. Right. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out how to get out. And he wants to know, how do I get these boots off? And one of the inmates tells him the only time the boots come off is when you go to the clinic and the clinic is where they zap you. They, they've been doing electroshock therapy on these, these prisoners, by the way, not taking them off to shower. Not bad, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Those teeth, those, those feet are nasty. You know what that your arm looks like or your leg looks like when you get a cast off? No, actually you've never had a cast. No lucky you it's gross and it stinks um, i avoid the mob and dealings with the mob so i've never had a cast on <laughs> so uh they wear those rubber insulated boots though so that they don't get oh, shocked that's underneath true. they're like rubber socks but those things don't breathe yeah doesn't sound yeah. sanitary no he starts a, a little mini riot in the in the in the jails there and he takes it he steals a cigarette and at first you're like why is he stealing the cigarette and we find out later because when they take him to this the clinic the infirmary they're going to zap him right and as they're getting ready to do so they're pulling off the guy they just finished zapping was the guy that attacked him the first day for sleeping with his wife and sister so um this is a part two this dude's just they literally take the guy off there to put um archer in Right. And they just throw the guy on the ground. They don't take him to a room. They don't put him like on a, on a, on a cot, nothing. They just let him lay on the ground. Uh, sure. Well, so the, yeah, I I mean, Geneva convention doesn't exist there. Uh, so the, the whole logic of him and, and during that scene where he was trying, he was trying to get that cigarette. And then he, uh, you know, as they're carrying him out, like six, eight, 10 people, he's saying, I need a light that was to incite excitement that like he got mm-hmm. one up on the guards. Cause you never get one up on the guards. Right. So the psychology of that made actually made sense. Yeah. And then it was like, cue the, this guy's got chicken soup for the soul spewing out of his mouth and, you know, in his beard and looking pretty yep. gross because they're just zapping him for an undetermined amount of time. Like, eh, we'll yeah. just do a whole bunch. And, um, they th- again, so Nick Cage is now in the seat and uh, he's asking for another light. And as they're getting ready to start strapping him in to, to, to zap him, he starts talking to the guy on the ground. He's like, hey, dude, like I never did sleep with your mom and your sister. That never happened. And then all of a sudden, the dude gets up and attacks the guards. And now they both attack the guards. They get guns. They just start shooting each other. And, and they start throwing up. guns around because it's a John Woo shooting sequence. And then a lot of spinning 
a lot of flipping, a lot of cartwheels while doing guns, a lot of sliding while doing guns. A lot of Kevin Gunn quick quick cuts. It's insane, dude. But basically breaks out, right? There's a riot. They're they're fighting, they're shooting people. They're he's making his way out to this this thing. He's going up the stairs. He gets to the door. He busts the door and open. Cue the season three of prison break. <laughs> he busts Literally. out. And you're like, holy shit, he's on a platform. It's a helicopter platform. And as the as as the as the camera pulls back more and more and more, you start to see it's a platform that looks like it's on an oil rig. It's it's basically what it looks like in the middle of the ocean. So there's nowhere to go. Uh he's like five, ten miles from shore, it looked like. Long enough, by the way. Oh man. Um Helicopter then, shows up, starts shooting at him, and he's running around, and he decides, you know what, I'm going to jump, and he jumps for it. Into the water he goes. Uh, after thwarting three different helicopters, I believe. Yes. Dude, again. the So here's the thing, too, in this movie. Anytime we had to have him doing anything where he was shooting, like there's that one scene later, and we'll get to it, where there's like everybody's pointing guns at each other, mm-hmm. and he's that, literally shooting sideways like t- to both sides of fucking him. Erp. And he's literally nailing everybody, no problem. Mm-hmm. But then I, there's like everybody else in the movie in the can't Saints? shoot. Didn't we see that in the Boondock Saints? Yeah, probably. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that no, in a long time. Wow. Rocco uh, goes into the porn theater. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's and then right. Willem Dafoe's yep. like, oh, we have ourselves a cowboy. He's doing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else that sh- that's shooting at him, they're literally the stormtroopers from Star Wars. They can't hit shit. Right? I was it doesn't matter. waiting to he make that comment, actually. At all. That or he is Morpheus. <laughs> um, so now they're like, oh, man, like he's dead now. Right. So Caster's dead. Nobody. They go and they tell Archer in the FBI. Right. They're like, hey, Archer, just so you know, Caster tried to escape and he ended up dying. And Archer's like, are you sure? I want to see a body. I want to see a body mm-hmm. now. And um, this is when it gets grouchy. A lot grouchy. He gets pissed. He's like, I want to see what I want to see the body he goes looking for him. And he knows he mm-hmm. knows that that that, you know, Archer as Troy is not dead. So Troy is Archer. Um, What's the next thing he does now? Jesus Christ. Um, uh, a whole bunch of shit. Uh, is this where the FBI director? Oh, he goes in. Oh, uh, no. Then we see a whole bunch of happenings. Oh, with, Troy. With uh, Troy. Uh, Archer is Troy. Yes. Uh, stealing a car in his gray jumpsuit. I'm surprised yep. it's not orange. Uh, gets to what's his face? Um, uh, Nick Cassavetti's place. Dietrich just rolls up, just yep. hanging out there while there's a party going on. And he's like, here I am. And they're See all like, face. oh, my God, he's back. Oh, my God. We love you. You're back. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And the two brothers, Archer is Troy or Troy is Archer. Mm-hmm. And the brother are in cahoots. And he's like, oh. Look, look who's here with everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go raid the place while uh, Sasha's like, hey, um, you have a kid. Here he is. Say hi to him. It's like, dude, like that's so ha- much shit just kept happening in this movie. Those two things do not happen in the same no. sequential sentences, by no. the way, especially no. for that kid. It was just, dude, there was so much with this nonsense, dude. She brings her kid to this place with all of the drug drugs and guns and just criminals. She's worried about her kid getting taken away from her, but she brings them this kid to this place. Right. But yeah, that's the case, right? He's uh he's there. He's partying with everybody. He's actually drinking and doing some drugs and 
he's all fucked up and he's trying to like come out, come off of it and, and clear his head. And yes, this is where uh, Archer is or Troy as Archer gathers the, the, you know, the troops and they surround the building. And while uh, Archer as Troy is in the room, having this moment with this lady and this little boy where he's like having flashbacks, thinking it's his own son. They start opening. Fire. Well, first they shoot this can at this gas uh, tear gas thing or, or whatever into the room. Right. And then open fire. So first of all, I have problems with this scene because a warrant. Uh, <laughs> yep. I know how the legal system works. I don't have to exercise it, thankfully, but I know how it works because I paid attention in school. Yep. Uh, warrant um, or at least a knock, knock, knock or surveillance of any kind, not just. I got a hunch to show up and and start shooting and me as an underling telling the FBI director what to do, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. I don't think that's how business works, no matter what kind of business you're in, unless your business is being the boss's boss, but reporting to the same, same person. Yeah. There's a lot of problems with this one. Yeah. Um, the, The way they just come in, just like bang, 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 bang. Like let's just blow the whole damn place up. Yeah. This um, was another thought to heat that I had like, oh, this is a lot. Uh, I don't think this excessive. is entirely accurate. A little excessive as well. Um, yeah, but this is and now we have another 42 minute gunfight. I believe it took about 42 minutes to get through a lot of throwing guns, a lot of flipping, a lot of pirouettes, a lot of somersaults sliding. There was there was literally people jumping it was through a- glass panels just to shoot when they could have just walked around that piece like there was this this piece of glass in the middle of the one of the rooms there and the dude legit jumped in sideways through it just so he could shoot sideways two things here it was like fucking hot fuzz dude yeah well i'll do you one better uh there's two things here this is where we get a majority of the music from the soundtrack mm-hmm. Because the kid puts on headphones because that blocks out all the bad things of noise and, from bullets and he won't and- see anything yeah the visuals of bullets and the, the feeling of bullets. Um, but this is Chris, this, this whole scene that you just described is a who concert meets Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> right, dude. Insane, dude. Oh man. So this happens. Um, yeah, just another day at the office. Yeah. They get, again, they're kind of face to face with almost, almost getting each other. And then they're, they're mirror not. to mirror now. Oh, that's right. It's the mirror scene. So, and, oh, and they dodge bullets, by the way. They do dodge a lot of bullets. Because they're Morpheus. Yeah. Obviously, uh, it was botched, right? The idea that these people, a what, lot the of these FBI agents that were killed in this, this raid, back at the office, it's not good. His That dude's boss is like all over him. Like, are you crazy? Look at what you've done. And then all of a sudden, he started holding his chest like, hang on a mm. second. Uh, that lunch I had earlier is coming back up. And uh, Troy as archers, like, yeah, no, you're having a heart attack and I'm going to help you along here. And he like attacks him and knocks him to the ground. And he literally dies. He just kills the guy. Then he calls for a uh, calls for uh, an ambulance. And he's just like, oh, you know, um, this. The, the, no, he calls somebody else to correct an ambulance. That's, that's right. Call an ambulance. <laughs> I'm too he doesn't busy. call an ambulance. I'm too busy to call, but you could call and just waste some more time so that he actually does kick it. Let's cut over to uh, Archer's house. And Archer as Troy shows up and he tells his wife, he's like, Hey, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know this face frightens you by the way. And she's freaked out. Right. She doesn't because believe he never told first. her because he's such a good husband. Right. Um, 
he, she doesn't believe him at first until he starts telling her things that only he should know. Right. Uh, specifically. Yeah. He grabs her face and gives her a 1984 the face, the face WWF rake. eye rake. Uh, and then he says what, what's her face said uh, Hollis, the one that was selling it to him, the surgery of my blood type is this, his blood type is that. Yep. And then she's like, Hmm, there might be some validity to this now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cause she's a nurse. Let's get that out of the way too. She's a nurse she's a or doctor, a surgeon or something, right? A doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was a surgeon, maybe, because it looked like she was working on that guy's face. Uh, maybe. Well, ugh. you mean Rocky Dennis? <laughs> no, she, she's a doctor They because they she refers to it several times. She's like, I'm a fucking doctor without, yeah. without the fucking. Now that that one dude's dead, Troy as Archer is promoted to, the, to be the acting director of the FBI. The day after the funeral, but shit gets real the day uh, basically at the funeral yeah yeah at the funeral we start we, we know shit's going to go down archer is troy finds out that troy is archer uh they figured it out right troy's archer figured out what's happening here and it just becomes another another big fight and so so we're having this funeral at this what kind tiniest, of tiniest tiny as fuck little place of having this service don't they do a lot of these like civil service military and, and whatnot outside regardless of the weather i mean normally i've seen movies because they shoot right they do the the, the 21, 21 gun, gun bang bang yeah yeah this is like uh this is like the uh, a mexican church like those those you know gunfight mexican movies you know what i mean like yeah. we're down in mexico that's what this is it's a tiny little it's like desperado it's like a church stand yeah. on the side of the road it's um, like these tiny shitty chairs that like if you look at sit on them wrong they'll break and and it's one of these. It's one of these churches where doves are just kind of congregating and flying all about with no like care for what's going on. That's John Woo's signature. Not worried about them. Just a bunch you, of doves. You know that John Woo has doves in every oh, movie, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah they set got, up the. They set up the. They're like the precursor to the final. Shit's gotten real. Scene. Yeah. Um, Archer as Troy shows up, and um, we know shit's going to go down. I have problems with this set too. By the way. Uh, because he goes and he lights uh, one of those unity candles because yeah. he's got, when he was in the house, he got a picture of his son's, uh, of his, of his dead son. And then he goes and tells some kid to give it to Archer as, or Troy as Archer. Mm-hmm. But there's like a partition and then it's a magically disappeared. Yep. But he's in there lighting a candle with all those FBI agents in there. Yeah. And nobody That's notices. Like, that's like um, fear and loathing when they go to the police convention, yes, all messed yes. up on mescaline. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, it ends up where they clear out and they start to, they face off, get it. They face off and well, they took their face off earlier too. get we it. Got more gunfights, right? More gunfights, wrestling, punching. Um, it gets to this point where the daughter is, is kind of around this. She's, she's running in and she's like, Oh shit, there's gunfire. And she sees her dad fighting with this dude. And then uh, well, they're outside. the wife was there first. Yeah, they brought the 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 fish hook face. <laughs> Should be a SpongeBob character, that's right? That's right. Uh, he brings the wife in because the wife is in on it now. Yep. And she's like, because she was feeding him some intel. Uh, but let's take a step back. The scene before the wife getting tipped off, the daughter is brought home from a date by Danny, Danny Masterson. Masterson. Uh, Oof, is this art this imitating role. life? This is role. <laughs> when I saw that Aaron walk by, she goes, 
Oh, so he's been doing it for a while, I guess. He's <laughs> gotten practice. He's they call like, it damn. It's like they call it acting. Yeah. What was that uh, Saturday Night Live thing where they're like it's called acting? acting. Oh, it um, was a, it was a Muppets thing where oh you thought I was sleeping with uh, um Jean Luc Picard. What's his fucking name? Um, come on, Jean- Professor. Oh, X. oh 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 yeah, it's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, where he's like oh you thought I was asleep. It's called acting <laughs> oh god but yeah, yeah they, but they, during they, that time that's important gives, because he whips this is where he gets the knife uh yeah, yeah so so travolta sees this and he saves her and beats the shit out of masterson and sends him home and then he talks to this girl right and he's like listen um do just you like use her. do you have protection and she's just like what do you mean like condoms and he's like no you stupid bitch do you yeah. have this and he shows her like uh what do you call those blades butterfly knife butterfly knife but he doesn't open it in the fantastical way where you like flip it around three or no. four times. He, he just like a little drops it, flips it. I guess maybe that's the less fantastical, easier to capture on in because it's a lot of momentum that you got to flip it one way, flip really? it back. It's like tying a shoe in the, in the manner that in which you have to move this thing, your wrist, but not your hand, or excuse me, your wrist, but not your but arm. Not your that's, arm, yeah, yeah, that's the word I meant. So, um, so he tells her basically here, use this in the future. If you need to jab it right into someone's thigh and then twist it so that the wound can't close. Right. Life lessons. Very good life lessons to know. Um, this comes into play now because she's out there watching her dad get his ass kicked and she, one of them drops a gun. And so she pulls, picks it up and she's pointing it at her dad who is wearing the wrong face so she doesn't realize it's her dad and he's not in on the on the joke no and he's like honey honey it's me i'm your dad you can see my messing voice with his, he's messing with the thing isn't he yeah yeah oh, no, like, he was messing listen. with it when he called his wife the first time he's like listen to my voice just listen to me and um she doesn't believe him she shoots him in the arm and then you know troy as archer gets away and then grabs her and makes her his his hostage and she's just like what the hell's going on daddy why are you doing this to me and um, here it comes. Here comes the butterfly knife. She uses the knife to no, get no, herself no, no, out. No, 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 no. Before that. Oh, God. That's right. That was so gross, dude. Th- there, there is. Let's just put it this way. There is a, uh, a fascination with using uh, his tongue. Nicholas, yes. K- uh, anybody who is uh, known as Castro Troy has a tongue fetish of sorts. And I feel like this. I, I don't know why, but it just feels like, again, this is another um, like uh what do you call it nicholas cage kind of ism like i think he would do this he would totally ask people to suck his tongue do you want to watch contagion again next week <laughs> so um so yeah so we get we see him you know she licks he licks the face now she knows this isn't my dad and she stabs him in the leg and she does the twist thing and now he takes off and uh Archer as Troy is like, I'm not going to let him get away. So he chases him. And now we have this chase that ends up on boats. Then we get boat chases. We get, we get Miami vice smashing through other boats with zero damage to like the body of the one. And meanwhile, the other one just explodes like a box of Tinder. Uh, when they got in the boat or when Archer as Troy got in the boat, I wanted the Baywatch theme to start playing. <laughs> That would have been I really did. I'm like, that would have made it so good, dude. Oh, Jesus. But we get them fighting and, uh, you know, he's got to dump his boat. It's on fire. So uh, Troy or Archer is Troy jumps into the other boat and now they're duking it out. They're fighting. He flies off. He's holding on to a chain and he's like 
what do you call it? Like skiing, water skiing without the skis. Yeah. His stunt man with a different colored hair and a different haircut was effectively, uh, what, what is it, kneeboarding or whatever? Whatever you call that, yeah. With his, with his feet. He, he basically he lost. He was Twiggy the water skiing squirrel without the water skis. <laughs> the the boat ends up like hitting this thing, flipping, and then the boat goes flying. The two guys go flying, and they don't just go flying like, oh, they got tossed. They went easily five hundred yards. They went through an LAPD coast, uh, like a LAPD coast guard boat, by yeah. the way, after Troy as Archer just laid all of them out, just yeah, pulled yeah. out an MP five, no rat a tat tat. They fly off, right? Um, they get up, um, they're in the water and Archer as Troy gets up and looks and sees that Troy as Archer is down. So he goes over to him and then they, Oh, I was just playing possum and they start fighting again. And, uh, one dude grabs a harpoon and goes to shoot uh, Troy as Archer and he stops it. Like he literally grabs it before it can go off. Right. And they're sitting there and they're arguing about something and they're fighting. And what does he do? He did something. Oh, it's his face a couple of times. Yes. Yes. Troy as Archer grabs this piece of glass and he's like, yo, you're never going to have this again or whatever. And just like start slicing. But, the he, face. but here's the problem with that. We heard already that they can remove and put them back yep. scars and pretty much anything and everything through yep. the magic of 1997 science. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Such technological advancements. Um, yeah. And so 1997, anyway. dude, right. 1997 science is like Egyptian science, like ancient Egyptian <laughs> science. We can't replicate it. And it's only Never 25 again. years later. See, so he does, dude. He ends up shooting him and he ends up killing Troy as Archer. There Real quick, it is. in the stomach. Yes. With a harpoon gun. They both are loaded up into the back of an ambulance. The wife shows up with the cops and the wife goes, um, I called the other best surgeon Wanda. in the country. Um, oh. Yeah, I called your oh. part. One of the ladies, Wanda, the w- lady you work uh, with, right? The wife calls Wanda and they have an off-screen conversation. Because she's like, you're never going to believe what yeah. I'm about to tell you. That was in the middle of the boat yeah. sequence yeah at the end buzz that he saw that he shot in he pretended to shoot and just knocked him out in the in the yep. you know assault on this guy's place scene you know little kid where operation little kid puts on headphones yeah um <laughs> that dude comes up and says agent archer are you okay and he's like huh that's that's not my face <laughs> and like everything is all corrected and everyone believes everything all of a yeah. sudden and she's like, thank God I found this, the next greatest surgeon of all time. And he's going to take care of this for you. And he's like, all right, cool. cool, cool. Yeah. He's coming in from DC, which by the way, by the way, I like that, that. Be your best surgeon because aren't they in where all the leaders live most think. of the year You think? and the president. So then who was the one that actually did the surgery the first time they gave him the Kmart, <laughs> the Kmart surgeon. Come on now. Uh, I think it was, I mean, for the time, he was maybe. supposed to be like the best, right? Uh, or what, did think, he work for the CIA or something like that? Uh, who knows? It makes perfect sense. Deep, deep state, whatever. Um, yeah, by yeah, the way, I like, I like operation earmuffs. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you like that? <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's like speaker city in um, old school <laughs> earmuffs. Yeah. He's so yeah, they end up doing reversing the surgery. Oh, first and foremost though, he takes his ring off oh, of Troy as Archer back, and, puts, yeah. and then they have this surgery. Yep. They ha- reverses and, it and then the worst 
I think the worst move of all of the Sean Archer moves in this movie happens. First of all, the wife, what an awful wife. You don't go and stay and wait for the surgery to be over. Now you're home to wait for him to show up. Yeah. To have him walk through like the sunlight as it comes through the curtains and the windows. Uh, But then he makes the worst move ever. He says hi to everybody in such a very stiff manner, by the way. Hey, how's it going? anything happened while i was away in georgia on my on my, <laughs> my my secret trip because i was on a trip guys remember yeah and and then he said i i have a surprise if that's okay here's you a new a son present. for us it's jesus my Christ. it's my sworn enemy's son casser's son and by the way the daughter says cool and the wife hasn't said anything yet but he's like show him to his room which is our dead son's room and then he looks at the wife and she just like shakes her head like, I hate you, you son of a bitch. It's like, you rascal. You did this again. Jeez, yeah. You're, you're bringing back another kid. Good um, God. Yeah. That's your plot, bro. Rough. I guess. Okay. The thing with me, though, was that so much of it made me roll my eyes. So much of it go went like, that doesn't make sense. Or this is not. It just, I don't, I know it's a movie and you have to suspend belief, but there's something about a movie that takes place in the real world that is, you know, portraying the fact that this could possibly happen, that you should make it somewhat realistic, right? To the point where you're like, okay, I could see this happening or that happening. But so many people made choices in this film. So many people did things that I was just like, this is like probably one of the worst films I've seen in a while. It's, it was killing me just why I kept going. Oh, come on. <laughs> Every time. So, and at the very end, when that little kid's there, I'm like, all right, that was it. That was the last piece of shit on top of this mud pie. This is, this is, I can't, I'm done. Thank God it's over. I mean, this movie, I'm looking at the. How is it 92% on Rotten Tomatoes? Who is, who's, who's rating this thing? Uh, a bunch of people somehow. Uh, I'm reading here, look, Werb and Collery, the writers have cited white heat from 1949 as the influence on the plot. Uh, I've never seen it, but it stars James Cag, James Cagney. So I guess it's good, uh, but I've, I've never seen it. Maybe we should watch it at some point. Maybe we should do our research and plan this shit in advance next oh, time. Oh man. There was but, also like yeah. stuff that like when they were doing the, um, there was the gunfight at the church, right? The that was the supp- gunfight. Uh, I saw it better when it was done in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Bro, how many times did we have to see close-ups of the guns just discharging? Or firing? being, like, readjusted? Like and they just would, watch like, the, the... Another oh, yeah. cut real quick. You, cut you from the front. The watch James the slow motion, slow motion bullets. I was just like, bro, John Woo... Yeah, there was there's certain movies where they're, they're, they, they look great. And then there's certain ones where I'm just like, what were you doing? What were you thinking here? It well, didn't look good. It just didn't look good. And what blows me away is I'm looking at this Rotten Tomato thing, and it's literally 92% tomato meter and then audience score 82%. Here's the critic consensus. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage play cat and mouse against a beautifully stylized backdrop. I'm sorry. I didn't feel like it was beautifully stylized. I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was in this movie. I felt like it just felt like, hey, we're just—he's trying to do Michael Bay, or he's trying. You know what I mean? There, it was—it was a lot of those kinds of action slow mo things that Wu is very well known for. The the slow mo, it was just too much, too much. 
and not uh, a lot when, of times not so good. When did The Rock come out? Was that 97 as well? The Rock came out in 1996. So a year before this. And it has a worse rating, dude. It has a 69% rating from the tomato. Well, that has Ed Harris, so I don't understand that. It's also got our own man, Sean Connery. It does. But it's got a, higher, it got it a higher audience rating than this movie. It got 85, whereas this one's got the 82. Yeah. So, dude, Siskel and Ebert must have been taking the month off. Um, God. This movie cost $80 million to make, and it made $245.7 million. So, it proves that if you have, I mean, so here, let's get into the cast because yeah, some of this stuff will make. Some of this will make a little bit more sense then. Let's do it. Uh, first, we have right away John Travolta, right? Yeah. John Travolta um, in this in this cat in this role. See, for me, John Travolta. Aside, there's only certain roles where I feel like, wow, that was good, right? This wasn't one of them. It really so wasn't. What, He's one of these kind of lackluster. Uh, actors for me if that makes sense I don't want to be like like he's crap because he's not but it depends on the role maybe and the writing and the director it's all got to come together because uh, yeah this yeah, I don't know Pulp Fiction three years earlier right I mean he was that was his comeback yeah and he, you had a very fanatical Quentin Tarantino who doesn't like dead bodies in his kitchen yeah uh you know, he's very particular, as we all know. He actually was about to cut a whole scene uh, if he couldn't get Dusty Springfield to sign off on Son of a Preacher Man. That's amazing. And that scene makes the movie so much more than the movie, you know, so much more to the movie. So what if I told you that Johnny Depp wanted to do this part? Really? But then he read the script. Good. <laughs> I could tell uh, you, man, like it would be weird to see Johnny Depp do it, too. I couldn't see Johnny Depp being this character. I'm Sean Archer. What about these people? Would he be wearing a hat all the time and sunglasses inside? <laughs> and a bunch of feathers hanging from his ear and Maybe a whole a bunch of like or beads around his wrists. Rosary, and... rosary beads. <laughs> um, okay. But Travolta, man, was just, again... Yeah. Maybe he was supposed to play this guy this way, this kind of like generic y white bready kind of guy. I think he is versatile. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he played an angel in a movie and it was some rom com with Meg Ryan, right? It wasn't bad. I remember that movie. Michael. I, yeah, I never saw it. Uh, he was a hitman in Pulp Fiction. He was a 70s go, not go, go, a 70s dancer. He sang and danced the next year that. in Greece. Good with that too. He's versatile, okay? He's become kind of a caricature and a parody of himself, and his head's just gotten gigantic. Uh, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Um, but I wonder if his versatility was of interest to, uh, to John Woo because he could emulate and be as goofy as Nicolas Cage as, the, as, as it was required. I mean, keep in mind, a script can be good or bad. Right. The director is really what... The director is who's supposed to get the the scene actors, out of the yeah. actors. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and if they're not good at calling forth on that, well, then they suck and they should just be bumped down the second unit or, 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 you know, just be a producer or an editor. Yeah. Or go back to music videos or use explosions and it makes everything better. Yeah. So Travolta again, 
It was all right. It wasn't bad. I got to tell you what I did like, though, was when he was pretending to be Nick, uh, uh, Nick Cage. Like with that, when he when he became that character much more, you know, there was a lot more enigmaticness there. There was there was I mean, it, it, you were drawn to watch this dude because he did it. He did it well where you could see he was trying to be Nick Cage, trying to be Travolta's character. He was doing it very well. They both did impressions of each other very well. Uh, you know, calling for what was needed for the character. But yeah, yeah. it's like, I, I don't, who was, who else was big at this time? Like, I, I can't remember. even think, I can't even think of anybody else that would Ed be Harris. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked. Sean Connery, definitely not. Uh, you couldn't, and, and part of the plot here is that you can't have two people of different races because well, you're treading into a very bad area. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So um, <laughs> at this time, though, it wasn't. I mean, I think we've all seen the uh, DX parody of the Nation of Domination uh, that's no longer on Peacock. Oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Calling that out now. If you know, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, God. But like, I can't think of any other. It's like I, I'm my brain isn't wired to think of those who were big at this time. In 97, I guess I could just look at the movies from this time frame, but you know, it's, it's, uh, the parody of Nicolas Cage in front of his face, I guess is you had to have two actors that were in on the joke, I guess is really where yeah, what true. it comes down to. True. Uh, oh, speaking of Nick Cage, loved it. I got uh, dude. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I'm unapologetically a huge fan of Nick Cage. I, I know he's insane. I know he does these crazy overacting with things, but at times, I don't know why for me, it works. And, and for me, he worked in this character, this very kind of full of himself, arrogant guy. And then, like you said, almost this kind of, it's just all like downtrodden and sad and, and like almost pathetic as this other character. But then as the same character, he is basically doing a parody of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And he has to turn it up. Like he is doing Andy Samberg, Nicholas Cage before Andy Samberg could be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I loved it. I thought for me, Nicholas Cage was a great, a great performance in this film. Now, what if I told you that the first actors envisioned by the writers to play Archer and Troy were Stallone and Schwarzenegger? Oh my God. Stop. Wasn't that like, stop. That's insane. Was, wasn't that the, the, um, like the uh the the 90s and early 2000s well what if they were in the same movie it's like de niro and pacino yeah before the expendables happened that, that was yeah. always the thing get those or, guys in the movie together or before celebrity deathmatch happened <laughs> <laughs> nice um but yeah dude for me i like nick cage i thought he did good in this one yeah and and he definitely added a sense of ridiculousness to it which yeah i think we've already established that that's what this movie whether you want to admit it or not, that's what this movie should be going for. And that's how you should see it. Yeah. Uh, next we have Joan Allen. She played Eve Archer. I was tired of looking at her. She's like way too old to be the, the mom in this one. She should be like the grandma or something or like the aunt that's 20 years older. I mean, I'm not like she was just kind of boring there. There wasn't much happening. Like you were supposed to get that. There was like, coldness in their in their marriage and it wasn't really much it didn't really come across that way that makes well, sense I, I think for the reason uh, I, th I think for this reason 
she's she's more traditional. I think that's how the character is set up. She's very matronly, very um, you know, and traditional in that how she, she like she's talking to the daughter and saying whatever, blah blah blah, uh, at the toward the beginning of the movie. And if she would have had more of an excitement when Troy as Archer was like, "Hey, what's your name?" Yeah, it would have made Archer proper, Archer Prime. Let's call him. <laughs> uh, a little bit more believable that their marriage was just business at that point. Yeah. And, you know, Troy is Archer. That was the excitement. That was the yeah. rush, you know, tell him Hawk. Yeah. Dominique Swain played Jamie Archer, the daughter. Uh, you want to hear something creepy? Okay. So when this movie was filmed, she was a ripe 16 and there were face licks going on. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Not just, not just face licks. There were some leering, uh, stairs there was there was a few things in this movie that was a little much damn 16 danny masterson was like yeah i'll take that role he's like i'm danny masterson what's up allegedly uh, speaking of danny masterson that was kind of a, a funny little cameo mm-hmm. carl uh i did like how how um uh daughter well again jamie yeah uh was was like carl yeah hey nice nice landline phone by the way I think the, the AT&T one that everybody had with the 17 foot antenna, the cordless that she was yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Old then school. also, yeah, very, but then, uh, Oh yeah, Carl, I liked your email that you sent me. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh, Cause there was no God. text messaging at the time. No, it didn't come for another four to five years. Um, Gina Gershon from the okay. Watchmen. Okay. Not yeah. bad. She, I gotta say that for I, I don't think there's anybody else that really stood out for me in terms of acting and act in this movie. So I, I think as I go through this, I'm just gonna be keep saying like, Meh, they weren't bad. They were all right. There were names. There were not great performances. Yeah, names. Yeah, like Thomas Jane. Yeah, I didn't, didn't I, even like, know it was him. Didn't even notice it. Um, it also, looks like a Bruce Campbell. I never realized that. Like sort of like a rugged Bruce Cam- Campbell, like grizzled Bruce Campbell. A little bit, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that shirt, though. It needs to button up the top 14 buttons. Dude, Joe Bob's Briggs was in this. Hey, you didn't know that? JBB? I, I saw him when he was taking the, the boots off of him or whatever. He was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who plays Loomis, the uh, the doctor, Matt Ross. Yes. Why, why do I know this guy? Like, what else is he from? Did you ever see uh, Silicon Valley? No. He's the uh, Google tycoon. Oh, American Psycho. That's what I remember him from. He's one of the, uh, he was one of the, um, what do you call that? One of the business guys that, uh, Oh, one of the business card guys couldn't stand. Yeah. He was Paul Allen adjacent. Yes. Um, Margaret Cho. Okay. Didn't I saw her name in the credits. I'm like, see, I didn't even pay attention to the credits. So when I saw her, I was like, is that Margaret Cho? It It kind of looks like her, but it doesn't. It was by the way, uh, Matt Ross was also in 12 monkeys. If you've seen that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Alessandro Nivola as Pollux. I uh, don't know him from anything. To be um, honest. He's a very, uh, I liked his mannerisms, the way he played them, though. Let's see. Um, Jurassic Park 3. Back Ooh, in 2001. He was in that. Um, he was in, oh, he's in Goal. I know that movie. Goal 2. Off. I'll be making you watch that. Uh, those movies. Uh so that's the acting, dude. There Let's it was. Move on. <laughs> Let's move on to soundtrack, music, and score. 
All this took place in the kids' headphones. Earmuffs. Operation Earmuffs. Real weird, though, because, like, none of the music stood out to me at all. I didn't feel like, like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times you'll hear something and it, it helps the scene. You just brought up, you know, the, the son of a preacher man and how that really helped Tarantino's film in the scene. And in this, there was nothing. There, I can't even tell you. Was it score? Was there a lot of score in this film? Or was it, it was, more like electronic music? I, I couldn't tell you. It was mostly score. Ironic, interestingly, the first song uh, uh, on the soundtrack, which I think was score, was called Face On. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the, Somewhere Over the Rainbow was the really the big song that I heard throughout the movie. Uh, and that was in the kid Operation Headphones. Um, obviously, Hallelujah played at the beginning with uh, the as we're intro, intro to Nicolas Cage. Interesting. So, I mean, well, he joined in, remember yeah. when he, but uh, yeah, the uh, somewhere over the rainbow played over again during operation headphones. Yeah. It wasn't but enough was for it. me. Yeah. It wasn't enough for me to say, wow, this was actually decent, you know, cause sometimes the music will help a movie along. It can have a little bit of rough writing, rough, you know, dialogue, whatever, but if the music's there and it helps kind of, push a feel for the film it gets you know it helps but yeah nothing for this worked out for me it, i, I mean see any of it i think a lot of the john woo movies are more score more classical sounding yeah. because he likes that juxtaposition of slow violence classical music and violence you know you yeah. have soft calm relaxing meets well i'm just going to beat your head in or pirouettes and such um I've got some interesting news for you here in a bit, but before we do that, let's get into the special effects. This one is loaded because this is again, a John Woo film. This has got a lot of action and it's got a lot of gunfire and explosions. And we have to have a lot of blood and a lot of kind of gore, right? For lack of a better term. I mean, it wasn't much, but we got a little bit, little glimpses. Um, the Only laser thing, thing the laser Only thing gore. when it was making the ear looked pretty dope yes it did. it's very sci-fi very blade runner uh the only gore missing was al gore in this movie <laughs> um but yeah like the whole idea even the face man like the the um travolta's face when they put it in the water mm. looked really cool well when they first started cutting it it looked like dog shit it yeah, looked like yeah. a madam the, wa- the water one figure. yeah <laughs> like when Especially they're laying on the, the table. nick cage one dude that one was the worst Good God. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to use work on their sculpting skills, man. That's worse than Buzz's girlfriend from Home Alone. <laughs> Woof. Woof. Um, By the way, that actor in drag. Oh, it was. You're right. It is. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, dude. So this is loaded. You got we got a lot of flashbangs. We got a lot of guns shooting. We got a lot of explode. And to be honest, a lot of it looked pretty decent. It was over the top. It was crazy, but it was decent. It didn't look bad, um, except for little things when you notice, like you said, you notice the wires. I mean, that's rough. Like, if you could see uh, the wires, that's not good. 14 minutes and 17 seconds. If Beautiful. you care to go back and look. I definitely will. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Special effects was not enough to save this film for me, if you ask me. No, and most of it was practical, you know, with the glass. By the way, those doors in the apartment that happened to be glass. I mean, those were cool, by the way, yeah, when yeah, they were yeah. on wheels and stuff. But why do you happen to have like big, giant panes of glass doors at, at these perfect angles just for someone to jump through later? Because exactly. why not? Exactly. 
Oh God. All right, dude, let's go into our final thoughts on this film, except I feel like we already know, right? Like it's not like this is going to be mind blowing when people hear what we thought of the film, especially how we've been talking. So I'm just going to go first. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I get why people may have liked it, but I'm watching it nowadays and it really does look, I'm telling you right now, it blows me away to see the rotten tomato score to see how this movie is actually held in, in, in kind of a higher esteem. Do you know what I mean? How is that? I get the story sounds cool. It's a little far-fetched, but it sounds cool, right? Yeah, just a little far-fetched. Um, and yes, you have two great actors of their time at that time, uh, especially, like you said, with Travolta on the sky rise, like, you know, after hitting Pulp Fiction and, and his comeback, this was his thing. Everybody wanted Travolta again. They all wanted to have him in movies. And then to put him in this kind of action film where we saw him play a good guy and a bad guy. Both of these characters, right? Great, great performances in that regard. Um, but other than that, there was so much that was like beyond the realm of realism that I was just, it, it, that really did take me out of it. That and a lot of the writing, there was a lot of rough kind of jumping from situation to situation quickly and expecting expecting me to care about the characters as if there was character development, but there wasn't, you know what I mean? There's nothing happening there. So I couldn't, I could care. I couldn't care less. Um, yeah. Some of the dialogue too was just, it, it could, it could use an update, but yeah, for me, it was, it was a, it was a rough one. Um, I'm not going to give it a one because that's pretty low dude. And this is, there, there was parts of this that are entertaining. Uh, so because of that, I think I'm going to give this a 2.5, um, operation earmuffs for me. <laughs> I just used that one. I forgot what we said we were going to do. <laughs> oh, I, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, what'd you say? 2.5, 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this movie was a lot different than I remember. I mean, you have Travolta, you have cage and they're doing each other's best, the impression of each other and each other, uh, of themselves as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the acting from them is, is, let's call it two thirds of a treat, especially Nicholas cage. He might make up that it might be a combined two treats. Nicholas cage might be more than one treat. Mm -hmm. John Travolta might be slightly less than, than a treat, but his cage impression is kind of funny. <laughs> and, and I wonder if part of this isn't that they were just trying to crack each other up or to make, you know, to see how, how far they could go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie does leave a little bit to be desired. Um, for one, the answer to why is it 92% on Rotten Tomatoes is I think I don't th my theory might be that one of them might be that John Woo was not oversaturated by this point. John Woo might have been relatively new at this point. Um, we can look at it 25 years later and say, OK, that was a bit much. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, doves. There's a shock. <laughs> movie must be ending soon. Everybody's flipping and flopping while they shoot guns. Yeah, of course. they're flip flopping and flying. Um, my favorite is they're like, you could take the window or the stairs through almost every way they exit a scene. Um, <laughs> exactly. but you know, I, I made comments throughout the entire discussion here that, oh, this is from this movie. This is from uh, here, the Mexican standoff. I, I liked it better in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there, there's a movie that we watched recently that I don't care to remember that did the exact same thing. Was it sudden death or was it any other movie? I don't remember, but you know, sudden it pulled, death. what? Jeez. I like to be sudden blind from that movie. Um, but you know, this movie, not that great. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scenery chewing, I think intentionally 
yeah. in, in this case. Um, you know, there's a big old bowl of scenery salad at catering that they're just like, oh, rum, rum, cookies, scenery. Yep. So, I mean, all that rambling said, I think I got to go, you know, I picked this one because there was a hockey movie and they had a face off or two in the last movie, which was also <laughs> dog shit. And, and so with that previous sentence stated, you could probably figure out this movie doesn't really hold that high regard for me. It is dog shit. It is. I give this one a, a, a brown two flat two on this one. Uh, what was it? Uh, Operation earmuffs. I am Operation going headphones. To, I am going to make your day. Oh, from movieweb.com. Oh. There's a sequel in the works. Published June 7th, 2022. Face Off 2 director confirms the movie will be an absolute sequel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was actually going to get to that. This Face Off 2 seems to be moving along, but will not go forward until it can live up to the legacy of the original movie. It's got to live up to the legacy, bro. Okay, here, I'm going to start typing. Face Off Legacy. Face Off is one of the latest movies to be getting a belated sequel, and according to its director, it will definitely be a sequel and not a reboot. After many years of rumors, it was confirmed last month by Nicolas Cage that Face Off's sequel was being developed, set to take uh, with Wingard set to take over the follow-up to John Woo's action thriller. Yeah. They're just trying to get a script that's going to be good enough to be as good as the first one, basically is what they're saying. So here's my question. What the hell story can you tell that's a sequel? Is this an anthology? While promoting the unbearable weight of massive talent, Nicolas Cage revealed that he would be up to return. In one interview, he revealed that there had been some phone calls. <laughs> Dude, how, yeah, first of all, did they de- definitively say that he died? Troy, to Caster Troy died. Um, and if they didn't, did they take the time to put his face back on? Do you know what I mean? Like, did they care? Oh, downloadable consciousness. Boom. No more face-offs, though. Or, and then he becomes an AI that he becomes Ultron and infects Easy. the internet. Oh, God. All right. I'm done. I can't talk about face-off anymore. What are we doing next time, dude? Uh, so uh, let's, let's make it a little bit more lively, more upbeat, um, but not unlike this one where uh, these guys were, let's say they were breaking into the windows. I think next week we'll, we'll turn up the volume and turn down the bullshit and watch break in street dancing james you don't understand kelly i'm aware of what it is it's just that i'm working on getting you into one of the biggest dance competitions which can lead to incredible exposure and you're telling me you want to be a street dancer would you just let me explain to you kelly you're wasting your time you've got to think about your future we're building a career you can't make a living dancing in the street i never thought you would be so narrow-minded it's just that you've got to be serious. Street dancing belongs on the street. It won't get you to Broadway. Well, we won't know that until we give it a shot. Kelly, I hate to tell you this. Why but... not? You know why everybody's afraid? It's because they don't understand it. It's not just kids dancing on a street corner for a nickel. They put more heart and soul into their work than any dancer I know. Have, so you've you have you ever seen these? No, but I've so, heard nonstop about them from many a things. The only way I know this movie is like being a kid and seeing it on TV, like the first one, not the second one. I've never seen uh, Breaking Two, but I remember seeing Breaking. Um, couldn't tell you what it's about. Couldn't tell you what happens. Dancing. Nothing. 
Just remember, just remember seeing it. Yes, dancing, some dancing for sure. All right, I'm getting out of here, dude. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we're out? Uh, no, turn off the lights because my face looks. Uh, no, I uh, seriously though. Uh, what do I normally say here? Uh, be nice, be friendly. Uh, if someone takes your face off, just ask them gently to put it back on. Uh, yeah. They don't need to die afterwards because it, most likely it was probably an accident. However, if someone says, I got your nose, they did that shit on purpose and punch them in <laughs> the em. throat. Fuck them. Stab them and turn it so that shit doesn't close back up. And until mm-hmm. next week, uh, it is now time to unsilence your phones.